This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. On MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI's Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. To, you know, have a trusted guy for certain home improvement needs is a must. You know, let's change that guy to person. There we go. To have a trusted person Thank for, you. for certain <laughs> home improvement needs is a must. And today we welcome back our small engine repair guy, Andrew Hitchcock, to make sure your lawnmowers and other small engines are in tip-top condition. Uh, it's that time again. Andrew, you there with us, man? No, we're going to yeah. bring Andrew in on the, on the second, second okay. segment. But I have, I have to clarify that okay. because later on in the script, I do put in a guy or a lady uh-huh. for a certain position because we know what we're talking about when you got to have that, like you said, Jason, that person, you gotta that have trusted that person. person. Right. So I just put guy because Andrew is a guy. That's right, yeah. <laughs> but no, I wasn't it's trying to— It's very common to say, I got a guy. Yeah, I wasn't trying yeah. to I wasn't trying to uh, disregard Pam right, yeah, or, okay. the you know, the ladies. Out <laughs> well, if you, you want know, to join in— It's interesting. I think more and more we're getting the ladies involved, so I know it's hard. It's it's a it's a whole pronoun thing. It's not your it's not your fault, Pam. It's ours. I know. Yeah, I know. It's ours. We just got to change our words. I was actually in the in a big box store the other day and ran into Georgia Everett, who owns uh, Everett Electric. Uh-huh. She's a lady electrician. And then I was on the phone with, um, and then we have a radio show, the Lady Mechanic. Right. Right. And, and even and even a show. <laughs> About home improvement that has a lady on it. That has uh, a lady. Right, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, the world is, it's just an open book. Well, look, you guys can get in on the conversation at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. So how are you guys today? Jeff, you haven't got anything but a laugh in so far. So go for it. I'm telling, hey, look, I, I feel so good. Even though it's raining, uh, I've been under the weather a little bit. I've, I've, this pollen is just yeah. really taking a toll on me. But uh, uh, doctor switched my medicine up. I really feel good today, which I'm thankful. And um, we'll and the get pollen's the, getting beat down water. by the water. Yeah, the pollen yeah, we'll, is getting we'll get... under the sewers from the water, which is great uh, to see all that yellow run down the street and into a gutter of some sort. But, uh, but yeah, we've been very blessed. I've got about seven closings coming up in April, which is a blessing. So, so yeah, I feel very, very good right now. Wow. So, yeah. uh, Pam, you sound like you've been getting in trouble also. Oh, I'm always in trouble. Right. And, and it's always my fault. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just kind of my motto. Of course it's my fault. It's always my fault. Now, I'm excited about the rain because um, – it's washing off my fence, which I plan on uh, getting some polyurethane on it this weekend. And I uh, busted out the Wet It, Forget It product that we've talked about on here. And right. I knew that rain was coming, so I washed that fence down. On uh, It's got that product on there on both sides. And so the rain is now doing the rest of the job. And I'll break out the brushes and the cans this weekend and go to town. Wow. 
Uh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm already kind of tired thinking about it, but right. anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, again, was working in the backyard because I, j- I cannot stand to work on projects in the house now that it's nice outside. Like, I can't make myself do a bathroom project right now. I just I, I want to go outside and do a fence project. So so this weekend I made uh, boxes. I don't know if I told you this. My wife had me tear down the garden a few weeks ago, and she wanted to build boxes up. So I used a lot of... Uh, older fence slats, old fence wood to build these garden boxes in the yard that she could build. Uh, you know, they're about, uh, I would say, um, seven feet long, about three feet wide, you know, just little boxes that you dump dirt into and plant just right there. And, you know, you can move them around season to season or whatever. But anyway, uh, I made a couple of those this weekend. How tall are they again, Jason? Well, the boxes I built uh, from the ground up, the just straight wood goes up to about, well, it's two fence slats. So I'm going to put it around, uh, let's say around 12 to 13 inches. But uh, what I've also got is I had to build, I have dogs. So I had to build it a little taller up with some lattice. Um, And the reason why I did that is because I have one dog. P.S. This dog's name is Trouble. And his job mm. is jumping over all the fences I make to scratch the ground up. So I have to mm-hmm. keep that in mind whenever I build things. Well, you know, these raised gardens are kind of the rage right now. I and, know. Um, my wife saw it on a Pinterest thing, so now I'm making I it. I know. And my buddy, Alan Martinson, out there at Martinson uh, Garden Works, has, um, he, there was an article in the Northside Sun and in the Ridgeland a magazine that I've been eyeing because I've got a place where I think I could do that as well. And so I'm real interested in that. That's that's, And I think it's a good weekend project too yeah. to build those up, but mine are going to be higher because I don't want to bend over. Oh, good for you. Well, Smart. You can I, build them off the I, ground. You know, while we're, look, while we're talking about that, I, I've, I've got an idea that, that I think I'm going to go ahead and make it happen. What's that? I want to do a I want to do a greenhouse, not a, it not a big one, but uh, I think a a backyard greenhouse would be uh, a lot of fun. That industry, it. hey man, that industry is not legal here yet, so you're gonna to have to like chill out for like a year. It is, Jason, <laughs> it is for medical purposes. Right? <laughs> All right, let's stop there and take a phone call before we get into trouble. Yeah, somebody needs to share their seed. That's right. Jackie is uh, is on the line at Waynesboro. What's going on, Jackie? Oh, I'm at my wit's end this morning. Um, I live in an older home that was 1975, and, you know, at that time, they used copper. Mm-hmm. Uh copper and over the years i have had pinhole leaks and instead of soldering uh, eventually i told them i just just replace what you can get your hands on with pegs i think because you know it was a new product at the right. time and i said please replace everything mm-hmm. and it but now but now i'm having problems with it coming up from the foundation where the copper remains right so with i'm faced with an issue of um Naturally, jackhammering the concrete to get to it, but where it is, it's it's a, just a few feet away from the shower and the hot water heater. Right. And I was thinking, could I tie to that and come up and over the door and and down to the bathroom sink? 
to me, I'd rather just stay out of the attic and just go through the two-by-fours in the, in the wall. Uh, do y'all have success with that? Um, I'd rather keep it out of the attic because of the temperature, you know, with the freezing right. and everything. And uh, do y'all have success with that, uh, about leaks and everything? Um, but well, I, see, if I, I, I have that, a feeling, I would, I would avoid the concrete, you know. Right. You, you've too. been around the block here, right. Jackie. I, I think you know a little bit more than some of the folks that call. So, um, sure does. Yeah. She, yeah, she has some excellent ideas. Now, Jackie, I need to ask you a couple questions. Okay. The current leak that you have in the slab, has it caused any physical damage above the slab? Wood floor, tile floor, sheetrock, anything? No, because I have kept really close watch on it because I had trouble with that before. And when I cut the sheetrock out and we did plumbing repairs before, I put the mm. sheetrock back so I could take it apart and check it every once in a while. So it's a good okay. thing I did because it was let me, so. Let me let me let me tell you why I'm going where where I'm going. If you have a slab leak that causes physical damage to your home above the slab. It is most likely covered with your homeowner's insurance. Right. So yeah. that, 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 that puts a whole new twist on it. Now insurance is going to take care of this, of this invoice that you're about to receive. Now, um, we're going to assume you don't have physical damage. So, so, so you're going to, you're going to pay the bill for this. Um, right. You are def you're, you're definitely on the right track. Tie into your plumbing. It's right there at the at the at the uh, water leak. Forget busting the slab, but go ahead and go into the attic. Run your water lines through the attic. Come back down to your vanity. And the reason I say it's okay in the attic, you are going to insulate your 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 attic. Even though it's not conditioned, it is insulated. We new yeah. new home. And right now has gallons and gallons of water running through that attic. So we're very good at doing that and keeping it from freezing. So, yeah, okay. and I mean, we see them rerouted in the attic all the time. And that's, that's, right. that's really the, the yeah. way that you want to go uh, whenever, instead of going into your slab. Yeah, uh, I really don't want to go through the slab, and I really don't want to do an insurance claim because I just did one a couple of months ago and they replaced my roof. So I hate to no. go back. You know, oh, yeah. So yeah, you really don't want to do that. And it's going to be yeah. under my deductible anyway. So uh, that's why I kept a close maybe. watch on it so maybe. I could tip it before it did damage. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, I do appreciate your thinking, not trying to cover everything with insurance. That's very smart. But just remember what, what insurance is for. I do, and, and I know, understand that. Thank Jackie, you. think about this, too. If you're going to go ahead and reroute that specific issue and you know you've got other lines that may eventually leak, I would just consider doing all your fixtures. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be maybe another hour's worth of work, and to me it would be well worth it instead of having to patch here and patch. Then you're chasing leaks and paranoid all the time. You mean run everything through the attic now? Uh, everything I would. Else? Is that what you're doing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, because if you've got one leak, if you've been having this problem, 
you know, you're going to keep having it. It's not going to just go away because you fix it here. And it's kind of like the Jackson water system. You patch it over here and it blows up over there. And, you know, when you jackhammer something, you could solve that problem, but it could cause another issue with a a copper line over here, the vibration Mm -hmm. and everything. So I want to ask one more question and then I'll get off. I know you, uh, this shower attachment it's it's next to the outside wall so there's not much space there is there any way that they can even still work with that um that's why i was thinking they could tie to it from because you can see it when you open the linen a closet door you can see all the pipes there that's why i was thinking it'd be better just to go through the through the wall instead of because it's not there it's not going to be very roomy up there when they have to get to that crawl space it's you know, it's especially since it's next to the outside wall. Um, well, well, what's awesome about PEX is that it bends. It's not like copper where you got to go and solder a okay. corner. Right. Okay. So they, what they'll do, they'll feed it up and just feed it till it gets to the center part okay. where they can get a hold of it. Yeah, and and, right. and without us being able to see it on the radio, rely yeah. on your professional plumber. Um, okay. You know, we're 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 giving you an overview when that professional gets there to fix it. He's going to say, you know what, this is the smartest way to do it. I do it every day. So Uh if, if you trust that individual individual, take take that advice, please. Okay. Are we talking thousands of dollars here? You think, or just, you know, uh, um, you don't know. I'm sure you don't. It's just a matter of the labor on that, you know, I can tell you this: when the plumber pulls in the driveway, you're going to spend $120. Oh, I know that. With, with, I know that, and so, glad to pay it. I'll give it to him right then if he needs it. No, but it's just a matter. No, of, I don't want that, to have a two thousand dollar bill when he's through. No, no, no. Please, please understand that is just to get them to your house. Oh, sure. They're, yes. they're going to charge you a hundred, a hundred and fifty an hour for every hour that that they're there. So, okay. you know, eight hours. Well, you know, and 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 who knows how long it's going to take, but. Okay. Um, uh, who knows? So, I and I know it's an unfair question because they've got to come but, and look at it first. That's right. right. That's right. All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate the call, Jackie. Um, wow. She was in the weeds, man. She knew a lot about what was going on in her home. That's fantastic. By the way, I wanted to mention uh, before we go to break here real quick that uh, April is National Safe Digging Month. I thought this story was really cool. Get this. I don't know how this makes sense, but the Federal Communications Commission, the same people that regulate this radio station, declared April as National Safe Digging Month in 2005, and it established 811 as the national number to call to have all utility lines marked. Isn't that cool? I had no idea that that was an actual thing. So anyway... Uh, yeah, call A11 before you dig. That is a big national campaign, and believe me, I've seen it personally. It is very well worth it. The first time you hit a gas line, you got to really want to have called 811. It might be the last time you hit a gas That's line. That's right. <laughs> you better That's call 811 before you do anything. Right. <laughs> you, you know, another thing to think about, um, they do have the ability to find you. Um, I'm not saying they will, right? But if you start digging and do not call eight one one, they have the ability to charge you for what it costs to fix that, and uh, wow, that can the thousands. Wow, 
Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to take a break real quick, guys. Uh, this show is going to be about to heat up because Andrew is already here. It's time for us to take our first break of the hour. Today, we're taking your home improvement questions, of course, and talking lawnmower maintenance. Andrew Hitchcock from Small Engine Repair is going to be on in just a few moments. If you have a mower question or other small engine questions, join the show and give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. I'm Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pivas, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Uh, wow. Andrew's on the line now. And uh, Andrew, are you with us? Yeah, can you hear me all right? I can. I can hear you great. So introduce right, yourself, Andrew. Uh, you've been around the show here for several years, but tell us about you. Uh, yeah, I, I own and operate a small engine company, Foner Small Engine Repair, and uh, I've been running the shop maybe about eight years now. Um, and I do that in the summer and restore Land Cruisers in the wintertime. Well, uh, and one of the things I just find fascinating about you, tell me what it is that you went to college for. Andrew? Uh, mining, mining engineering. Mining engineering. Yeah. And you ended up building small engines. That's See, right. That, yeah, it's way more fun. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? That's funny. And I want I want all uh, of any kids listening, I want you to hear that because a lot of us went to college to do one thing and then <laughs> did other things. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, but if I hadn't gone to college, I would have never met my wife and had my kids. So I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm glad the way. Yeah, you're better it. off. Who wants yeah. that other thing anyway? Okay, we got a couple of calls on the line here before we uh, get get down to any lawnmower business, but we got to get some business taken care of here. First, uh, Will is on the line in Starkville. He's got an attic ventilation uh, question. What's going on, Will? Yeah, how's it going? Good. Uh, hey, Pam. Hey, Pam. Hey, Will. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we bought a house, and it didn't have uh, central heat and air. And we got uh, a unit installed. They were able to run duct work. It's a two-story house. Uh, the top floor has like a split attic, where there's an attic on the north side of the house and an attic on the south side of the house. Um, so the air conditioner unit, the unit had to be put in the attic. Uh, and last summer it didn't cool at the attic as well as it should. So I was wondering, there's no vent in either of the attics. The attics aren't connected to each other. There's not any, what, outside wall vent, and there's no fan spinning at the top. Uh, and so I'm wondering if we vented those attics 
would it help cool the upstairs? I asked a couple people that know more than me, which is not much, and they seem to say that there's a fine line about too much, too much venting for the attic. You know, Will, we heard about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when Timmy was on the air with us, our our HVAC guy, and um, there was a, a, a heated discussion about the best way to do this. But there was one thing that was agreed upon, which was uh, how your home is built. It, it really matters what kind of ventilation system you have on top. Am, am I correct, uh, uh, Jeff? Yes. Um Will, think about your attic ventilation this way. Uh, You breathe in your nose and out your mouth, okay? So your attic has to breathe the same way. It has to have vents in the either the gable end, the soffit, depending on what kind of roof system that you have. But then once it breathes that air in, it's got to go up to the highest point, which is your ridge, and exit, so my recommendation is that you have uh, gable vents if you have a gable and soffit vents, and then you have a continuous ridge vent. That way your, your attic is ventilating um, properly. Now, Pam can add to this and, and probably clean up a little bit of that verbiage, Pam. Well, and I've seen this house. Uh, It's the coolest house. Will and uh, Mandy are friends of mine, and I kind of watch that process on that installation. So I'm wondering if it is too hot up there, Will, and and I think uh, Jeff's right on it. Adding some lower soffit and then higher, if you can't get a gable vent in, maybe even a box vent on the roof, um... Because I know, I know you. You're going to have a ladder, and you're going to be up there doing it yourself. <laughs> so, which we do not endorse here. <laughs> we don't endorse it, but I know this guy. He's he's my buddy who put the tankless water heater on his uh, jacuzzi tub. So, I, I mean, he's just Brilliant. the epitome of the DIY. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, and we talked about it on here because I was up there watching him do it, and I was like, "That's just awesome." So I would kind of look at that and and look at your areas on those two small areas there. If you can get some air movement, that might help with that. Another thing that might help is trying to seal up that envelope some. Um, And if you go on my website under um, services or anyway, there's a tab in there that talks about sealing the envelope of the home. And in older homes, that's what I did on my house. And your house is is not a whole lot younger than mine. Um, But it could be that you're having more of an air escape issue than um, a ventilation issue. So I would try both of them, to be honest. All right. So you know how how all all the rooms in this house on the top floor are in the center? So there's no mm-hmm. pitch that is part of the attic. There's no, like, top triangle that's actually attic space. Those attics are, you know, half the roof high, um, that makes any sense. 
It does. And I know what you're talking about. And that's where you're going to have to go to those ends where you do have the attic space and see what you can do about some ventilation in there. Because that's actually where the unit's located, isn't it? It sounds like, Pam, it sounds like his house has a gable in the middle. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he could, uh, he could use. <coughs> Excuse me. He could use that gable vent on each end of the roof in the middle. Right. That's Correct? that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, okay. With a with a continuous ridge vent uh, on the main center section of that roof. And I I tell you what, buddy, I'm gonna figure out a time to get up there and we'll problem solve it. All right, Will, we appreciate it very much. Uh, we're going to keep going, though, because we've got a couple of calls on the line waiting. And uh, and um, uh, somebody hand Jeff a tissue. Kathy's on the line in Columbus, and uh, she wants to talk to Andrew about a zero-turn mower. Go for it, Kathy. Well, sadly, I found a good man is hard to find, and I'm going to do my yard work myself. So I need something user-friendly. I'd like to upgrade the uh, from what I have now, which is an old john deere riding mower mm -hmm. and i've heard the zero turn are really fast and uh, efficient and i'd like some advice on that they're kind of pricey but i have a lot of yard to mow so i don't want to go you know the lower end uh, before right. i hand it off to andrew how many what kind of yard are we talking about here it's kind of what Felder rushing would call kind of a country meadow type yard it's, right. it's uh, not not like a how big about two acres. Oh, okay. Andrew, take it away. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for that question. Uh, this question was asked last time we run. I think it's coming up a lot. Uh, and I'll and I'll tell you what I said last time. So the the hardware and everything, the engines, the drive mechanisms, they're not made by the companies that produce these riding of these zero turn mowers. They're just buying these parts from other companies and they're putting them together on their own decks. And some of them have their own technology. But all that to say is a lot of these companies, all of these zero-turn rollers are basically the same. So you really can't go wrong with any of them. Now, that being said, I would not buy a zero-turn from a big-box store. Don't do it. Right. Go, to, uh, go to any of the big-name uh, small engine shops here in Jackson. Uh, you could go to, like, Rebel Rental and Outdoor. They have several brands that they sell and service. Um, I think there's Johnson's, there's Mitchell's, there's there's places all over. All right, Andrew, you got to be responsible for the stuff you say here. Why would you not go to the big box? Okay, all right. Well, because they don't really do their own uh, servicing there. They outsource their servicing, which gotcha. is a lot of times when something bad happens, you have to they have to you drop it off, they send it out, it gets fixed, and they send it back. It takes forever, and there's a lot of downtime. So go gotcha. with somebody small, and they can get to it fast. And get parts quick. It's just it's just so much better that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is there one that's uh, more operator friendly for someone who's not really big into operating that kind of equipment? That would be a question for whichever brand you're going with. But every brand is going to have one more geared towards a homeowner versus like a commercial or professional type one. So just go go to like Rebel Rental Outdoor. Say hey, I'm just looking for something with a, not a lot of bells and whistles, but I'm looking for a zero term, show me what you have. And they'll have several different brands and models there for you to choose from. Uh, but like I said, they're really all the same. Um, so you really can't go wrong. 
Andrew is there. Away from big box stores, and I'll say this too: I don't like John Deere's. Just uh, there's a lot of reasons, but I, w- I wouldn't recommend getting a John Deere. So I would I would go with somebody like you know Gravely or Bad Boy or X Mark or any, any somebody like that. So what? Okay. Let me ask you: um, if if that's the case, is there an engine that they should be looking for? You said most of these companies uh, buy parts and put them together. Um, you know, and we've talked about this in a pa- in the past. If you're saying that most of the mowers do, uh, you know, the the same things, what can we look for in the engine to to get a better deal? Well, see, that's the thing too. The engines are all the same, and you know, across the board. I mean, there's several different brands of engines. You know, right. Extraction, like Kawasaki, Kohler's. Those are what you're going to see on the big things. I've heard. Good things about Kawasaki. I like Briggs and Stratton, but Kawasaki is going to be better. Uh, Kohler's are fine. Just you really, like I said, you really just can't go wrong. Uh, just just go with the the company who's going to give you the best warranty, and uh, who you know you can get in and, and talk to people. They're friendly. Uh, those are the people that are going to give you the best service when okay. the time. All right, Kathy, does that help out? I think so. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, man. Yeah. We appreciate it. Bye bye. All right, guys, we're going to have to take another break here real quick just to get business done. It's another time for us to take a break. If you want to join today's show, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll continue our discussion after the break. Listeners, what problems are you having with your lawnmower or weed eater? My wife tends to go through at least a weed eater per year. So, oh, chainsaws, I'm known as the chainsaw killer. Not because I use them to kill, I kill the chainsaw. Give us a call, 877-MPB-RING. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHI Certified Inspector at Inspector Like a Girl, Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks, and our guest for the hour, Andrew Hitchcock from Fondren Small Engine Repair. If you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. Um, I, I would really love for you to check out the podcast. It's really good, and you can hear all of the episodes that you want to hear. So anyway, uh, Benny has been waiting for a while to talk to us. He's in Kosciuszko. What's going on, Benny? She. Hi. Uh, good morning. I'm sorry my question isn't about small engines. No, that's fine. I, I am um, was going to replace the shutters on my home, and in trying to take them off, I saw that they were not in as bad a shape as I thought. And I think the ones on either end uh, of the house has to be repaired. Uh, the bottom of the shutters, maybe the one-third down, is like the wood is bad, mm-hmm. the paint's off. And the other thing was uh, in trying to determine how to get the shutters off, it looks like they are actually glued to the house. They're not 
Really? Yeah, I, I tried, you know, looking at the whole shutter, looking for screws to unscrew it. No, didn't see any. Huh. That's uh. What's the house? What's the siding? Is it glued to brick or to brick? Okay. Interesting. Okay, so you want to repair them? Yes, I would like to repair them. Jeff? First, yeah. First of all, your shutters should be made out of cypress or or cedar. Okay. Okay. Um, But yeah, if if you are going to paint them. Paint all six sides, front, back, and 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 your two ends and your two sides. And um, I'm going to recommend that we install them uh, if they're going into brick with uh, what's called a tap con. It's a t- it's a type of a screw, and it will go right in your mortar. Uh, if they glued them, they probably have glued them with some sort of construction easy. So I would take a small pry bar, and they should come off uh, relatively easy. Uh, Have you heard of that a lot, uh, Jeff? Have you guys heard of people gluing the shutters? No, but, but, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You you just take construction adhesive and and stick it onto the wall. I I like to screw them. So, um, again, it's not going to be hard to get them off. You're going to, and just move slow. I think getting yeah. that crowbar and doing it a little bit at a time instead of like, I got to get this all done at once because you'll just rip yeah. them in half. Right. Yeah. Now, this... now you know, use a, uh, uh, when, it, when somebody says crowbar to me, it's some big massive thing. Right. Use a pry bar and, and gently pull that off so you do not, you know, bust a brick, but they will come off relatively easy. Okay. All right, and uh, so when you get it off, uh, and so are you missing slats or anything, Benny? Uh, yes, the slats are skewed or on the ground, but it looks like they're all there. Oh, if you've got them and they've not rotted or anything, you can right. reuse them. You'll need some wood glue, maybe a, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a air nailer would be great, make it really easy and fast, but um, some glue should get that back together if you can put it back together. I would use a construction adhesive on that outside. Wood glue is just not going to hold right. up in the weather. No, you're 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 exactly right, Pam. Okay, all right. Construction <laughs> adhesive, so not glue. Yeah. And liquid nails or yeah. you know. F twenty six. I'm sorry for the frame that looks like it has some um, a lot water damage and kind of uh, rotted just a little bit. Can I use? I've been online, so can I? I they said something about epoxy to fill in and, and putty to fill in that area. You I could, would. If you, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Take the take the take the rotten part off, and uh, you know, take your time and do some cosmetic repairs to that with with some epoxy resin or exterior bondo. Now, that's going to work if you're going to paint your shutters. If you want a natural look, that's not going to look good at all. No, they'll be painted white, which is okay. right now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, you can get – actually, I actually tell my clients all the time in areas that rot out frequently like door jams and window frames and stuff like that. And when you have a wood rot, if you'll scrape that out just like Jeff said – 
fill it in with that epoxy. I, I use Bondo personally, which is what they mm-hmm. use on vehicles, and that doesn't <laughs> rot. And then you paint right. right over it, and you're golden. It'll never rot again. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank That's you. Big help for me. Thank you. We appreciate it, Benny. Uh, you know what? I was taught that uh, little trick that you just mentioned, Pam, one time by a carpenter of using Bondo, especially on wood, um, rather than other agents. And I did use it when I was putting together our, our bed frame. I used that. And boy, once you put Bondo down and give it the time to cure as it's supposed to cure, it, it's not going anywhere. And uh, no, it's it's a permanent <laughs> thing, you know. As a matter of fact, it was harder to sand that than it was the wood. So, That's, yep. um, so but anyway, it was a great material to work with, and it was very versatile uh, to work with. And boy, it'll make make the wood look great as far as filling it in. Well, that's a. I have a whole bondo section in my shop. See, so I have all of my. It's kind of my adhesive bondo. You know, so I keep that on stock all the time wow. because I live in an old house. Right. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> break out the bondo. I got a little wood rot. Right. <laughs> well, you know, anytime we join two pieces of wood together when we're building our cabinets, uh, we bondo those joints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic. Okay. Let's go to uh, real quick Timothy in Louisiana, and he's got a propane powered machine. Timothy, what's going on? Well, I'm wondering, uh, uh, this question is for the small engine guy. What kind of pressure do I need for the propane for a propane generator? What what type of I'm what? Trouble. Yeah. What'd you ask, Timothy? Ask again. What kind of gas pressure do I have to have for the propane generator? Oh, okay. So you need to not worry about gas pressure so much because what you need is a regulator and you need a appropriate regulator. So your gas pressure from the street is low and that's fine for running your generator. But what a pressure regulator does, if you don't know, uh, it'll take the gas pressure and it will put it down to where it's supposed to be. And it also has a safety feature that it will feel the vacuum from the engine, and the vacuum of the engine opens up a valve in the regulator and allows gas to flow freely. And if the engine stops, the vacuum will stop, and the valve will close. And the reason it does that is because what you don't want is, for some reason, the engine to stop running, and your gas supply line is still on, and you're just pushing gas out into whatever I mean, it's going to be flowing into your generator or whatever, and it's going to be getting into the atmosphere, and it can become very hazardous. So uh, don't try and do any sort of DIY. I know there's videos out there showing it where you can just hook a propane tank up to the side of your engine and let it rip, but uh, you need to get a appropriate regulator for that machine. In this unit. That's built into you. I'm going to run this off of biogas that I'm making myself. Yeah, so Timothy. Like yeah. Is it wood gas? He asks. No, it's it's biogas from um, from a digester, biodigester that turns yard clippings into methane. Okay, I see. Yeah, I've seen the setups before. Um, the, the, that answer is going to be completely dependent on your machine and the size of the engine. Uh, so I can't answer it, but I can tell you that what I have seen people do is they will just put an inline valve 
between the gas, uh, the, the inlet and then the carburetor, and they'll mm-hmm. just move the valve while it's running to find the sweet spot to where the engine runs smoothly. So that's probably going to be your best huh. bet. All right. I have, one, I have one statement about the lady with the shutters. Yeah. And rot. There's a product called Get Rot 241. That I love. I mean, I absolutely love this stuff. Now he's called it's Get Rot. Get G I T R O T. Get Rot. Get Rot okay. 241. Get Rot 241. It was built. The Smithsonian, a Smithsonian engineer came up with it for restoring old aircraft. And oh, wow. they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to take apart a whole wing, but it had some rot on it. You right. Know? And so they just, you know, and you really need to treat rot, you know, with borate before you go to putting anything else on it. You know, kill the rot. Okay. You know, rot is not just the t- deterioration of wood; it's the consumption of wood by an organism. Right. So, and and the, every tree out there standing up there and growing has that organism in it while it's alive. It's just looking for the right opportunity and conditions. So, the only way to stop rot is to kill the rot and then seal it. All right. Thank you, Timothy. I really appreciate it, man. Timothy uh, is, if you've not heard him before, he's a regular on the show, uh, lives off the grid in Louisiana, makes his own power, makes his own water, makes his own everything. So it's a really neat guy. Um, I do have a uh, an email that I wanted to get here that, that, that you guys would just love. Now, remember when I tell you this, this is a powerful email, okay? Eddie sent in wants to know, is there a website or app where I can put a picture of my house and change the siding and roof colors getting ready to have a new metal roof installed on the house and can't decide on the color due to painting home in the near future. So so uh, uh, what he's asking, is there an app where he can take a picture of his house and change the colors to see what colors his house might look best at? The answer to that is, uh, is there an app? Absolutely. Uh, the question is which one you want because almost all of the big paint brands, um, all the big paint brands have an app like this that you can use. There are a couple of third-party apps out there, uh, and there are some store brands too. Like uh, you know, some of the some of the store brands have these paint apps, and they're not specific to say picking a paint color as much as it is. Um, rendering your home with a different color so that so that you can see it. So like Benjamin Moore is going to have one and Bear is going to have one and, you know, uh, all these and people like uh, uh, the paint stores themselves will have them. Uh, so you can you can just about try anywhere. That's a pretty popular app out there right now to change the color. And, you know, you can take a picture of your home and, and change the color of the shutters just to look like what different shutter colors are going to look like. Uh, a great tool. I can promise you I've seen this before. And if you do get this tool and you do see your house painted and your shutters painted and everything else, uh, the apps are almost always free. What comes after is always costly. <laughs> But just just to let you know, those apps are out there. You can see what your house looks like in a different color. All right, um, real quick, do we want to go to Chico? Yeah, let's go to Chico in Oxford. What's going on, Chico? Yeah, I just had a quick comment. I, I don't have any problems with my lawnmower or chainsaw or auger or anything, but it's still March. Right. And, but uh, Jeff mentioned calling a plumber earlier, and it made me think, you know, today – in the news is the death of G. Gordon Liddy. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it, I, I just made me think, I bet you, whenever that dude needed a plumber, from everything I've read about him, he probably called a plumber and said, this is G. Gordon Liddy, and I have a history with plumbers. Right. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> the news makes it yeah, everywhere, doesn't it? he's got a it? history. Yeah, yeah. he's definitely got a history. <laughs> So, uh, uh, Andrew, all right, so we're at that time of the year when everybody's dealing with their lawns and yards and, and, and of course, their, their uh, mowers and trimmers and everything else. But I tell you what, as you walk through, especially the box stores these days, they're not necessarily lined up with uh, the latest uh, mowers that we're accustomed to. They're lined up with electrics. Um, you know, the pallets are full of electrics these days. But uh, something that we keep a I, I keep an eye on here in Mississippi, one of the things that we rarely get to talk about, Andrew, is generators. Um, and we, here we are. We're at the beginning of April, and uh, a generator is about to become the most valuable thing you have near your home at this point. So. Tell us, let's say, if I've got a, a new small home and I want to keep some lights on when uh, when the power goes out, when the tornadoes come through and all that jazz, what do I need around the house, Andrew? Uh, that's a great question. So you, first you're going to need to decide how much power you need. If, so let's say you have a small house, uh, you want to power a window unit and a fan and a television well, that's one thing. Well, what if you want to power a you know, four thousand square foot house, and you want it to seem like the power never went out at all? You're just going to keep living your day to day. So, you first need to determine what how much you're going to need. So, there's inverters and there's generators. So, what a generator inverter does is it uses less power. I mean, excuse me, it uses less fuel. It's quieter. Uh, it's also more expensive than a traditional generator. And the joke is generators, we call them noise generators because they're so big and loud. Right. So uh, what I would suggest is oh, – and budget's going to be a big deal too. Uh, if you're just looking for something to get you through a storm, a nice you know, 2,000-watt inverted generator, you can probably get an off-brand one for maybe six or 700 bucks. If money is no object, I'd highly suggest the Honda EU2000 or EU2100i. Um, if you are wanting something more permanent, uh, doing an interlock system on your uh, on your breaker box where you can plug the generator directly into your house yeah. is a really great option, but you're going to need an electrician to do that, and there's going to be a lot of costs associated with that. And then... Uh, the other thing is a big standalone uh, permanently installed generator on the side of your house, like a Generat system. They're extremely expensive. They're about four six thousand dollars, but they're great. <laughs> wow, um, that's exactly what I mean. They, and, and when you said that inverter, you had mentioned an inverter, an inverter with about two thousand. Uh, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's, yeah, yeah watch. So, so if uh, two thousand, how much power does that get me, and for how long? What am I talking about on that? Well, the, how long is how much gas do you have to put in it? So that's going to depend on what you have on hand. I've got a, I've got a thirty five hundred, excuse me, a thirty five hundred watt inverter converted to natural gas at my house, mm-hmm. and so I can, can plug the thing right into the side of the house on the gas line with the regulator, like I spoke about earlier, mm-hmm. and. 
when we had this ice storm a few weeks ago, I, I ran that thing nonstop from when the power went out until it went and it went back on, and it was it was awesome. Um, so, uh, but wow. two thousand two thousand watts, you could run probably a refrigerator and a window unit, a fan, a couple of LED lights, enough to be okay. You could run a space heater and a refrigerator. Um, that would probably be your max. So you're not going to be able to run your whole house. You're not going to be able to run uh, an air conditioning unit or, you know, a large air conditioning unit or a heat pump, nothing like right. that. But a turtle window unit or a space heater, running your refrigerator or your deep freezer, it would be totally fine. Wow, that's cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. A 2,000-watt inverter will do that. Yes, and they're very quiet. Like, we could have a conversation standing next to one, and we wouldn't have to raise our voice. If really? I've got a 2,000 watt traditional generator. We would have to shout at each other. So. Yeah, it's like talking over a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just as loud as a lawnmower. I mean, it's pretty rude to your your neighbors too. Right. <laughs> uh, so it depends on where you live. It, I live in the city, so an inverter made sense to me because I didn't want to be a jerk to the people. You know, hearing my thing run seven days a week, 24 hours a day during an ice storm, and I think uh, I'm, I'm pleased with it. But if you lived out in the country, you could definitely get away with running something big. Right. Uh, okay, we're running into the end of the show. I want you to tell me this. This is going to be a ridiculous question to answer this quick. But um, so I get out to my lawnmower. I crank it. It won't crank. I crank it. It won't crank. I crank it. It won't crank. Where do I go? What do I do? You call Phonics Mall Engine Repair. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, uh, it depends if it, if it if it ran a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's Probably fuel-related. you probably got water or dirt in your gas. It's almost always water, though. Drain right. the carburetor bowl and see if that, if that works. Okay. If it's been months, then you've got a carb problem, uh, and no amount of draining is going to do it. You're going to need to either fix it yourself or bring it to a small engine shop. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see so many of them on the side of the road, folks. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Uh, well, that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screeners today was Liz Gill. Um, and for Pam Pivas, Jeff Sammons, and our guest, Andrew Hitchcock from Finder and Small Engine Repair, as mentioned. I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White, and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.